You know, a lot of us, we have a lot of strongholds sometimes in our life that needs to be broken, that we need to change. And we're going to talk about some of that today. But a stronghold is a household of thoughts. It's a household of thoughts. In other words, it, it's a house, our house, this up here, full of thoughts. And those thoughts, if they don't line up with this word, will stop us from receiving what God has given us, what he has already provided for us. So, you know, I think it's in, I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 where it talks about our success is based upon that particular scripture where we take every thought captive. We have to captivate those thoughts. Take them captive to the obedience of what? Jesus Christ, who's the Word. We've got to take those thoughts captive to what the Word of God says instead of letting our soul run rampant with those thoughts because they will defeat us and they will stop what God intends for us. So we're going to be talking about what's your plan? What's your plan? Have you made a plan? And I started, well, actually charting my course. Susan taught a few Sundays ago about charting our, our course. Well, I went home and started it. I've got pages of my course that I've been charting. And praise God. Now, I just want to share that with you today and get you excited about what's your plan what has God been placing inside you that, that we need to, to do? So uh, I asked myself this question. Am I satisfied with my life the way it is? Or do I want to make some changes? So you might ask yourself that. Am I satisfied? Well, you know, I'm not. Because the word of God says in John 10, 10, Satan comes to steal. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. And you know what, Lynn? We could have that life more abundant. And I'm going to have it. I told someone, I've said this, I don't know, time and time again, after Tom left me, that I'm going to live. I'm going to have a life. But it's not going to be just for me. It's going to be for other people. Not just for me, but for other people. So praise God. So ask yourself that question. So let's go to Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. And I'm going to be sharing some things with you, how God has had me write some of the things of my vision down. And just to encourage you, for you to do the same thing if you haven't already started that. Okay. Romans chapter 7, verse 15. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. Why do you hear it in the, uh, the message Bible here in just a minute? For that which I do. Now, Paul's talking about, I mean, he's talking to us here. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Can anybody identify with some of this? If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin 
that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, that means the carnal man, what he's talking about there, dwelleth no good thing in the carnal man. For to will, remember your will is your directional ability. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would, would not, that I do. Now when you think of the word evil, it doesn't have to be anything sexual or murder or anything like that. But it's just your everyday life, the things that we need to change and want to change. And, and if, if sin abides in us, then he's talking about that, okay? So, now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Ooh. I find that then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. In other words, I love the law of God. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Can you just hear him saying this? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now then, you can turn your sheet of paper over because we're going to read this out of the Message Bible. I love this. And I want y'all, I, I, I typed this off for y'all. I hope there are no typographical errors. I hunt and peck. So hopefully I hunt and peck good, you know. So anyway, this makes it very plain. See if you see yourself in this. See if this has to do with changes that you need to make. You know, I do. And I'll, I'm going to share some of those in a little bit. So what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way. But then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. I could always say, see, la. Pause and think about this. That's why I wrote it off because I want you to take these, this home with you and read it every day. Amen. Okay. But then I act another, let me, let me back up. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself <clears throat> and then do it, it becomes obvious, excuse me, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. Pause to think about that. But I need something more. For I know the law, but still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. We just can't do it by ourselves. I realize that I don't have what it takes. 
I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to, to do bad, but then I do it anyway. I just see lots of smiles on your faces. I know each one here is thinking about their own life, their own situation, the own things that God's been dealing with you about. And I do too. These are the things that he's dealt with me about. So my decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly. <laughs> oh, mercy for Minerva. Okay. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. Now, really, if you just, we just stopped and took these things apart, we could be here all afternoon talking about these things. That's why I want you to take this home with you and, and reread it. Let it apply to you. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands. And I can say that every one of us in here do. But it is pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. <laughs> oh, mercy. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Isn't that a wonderful translation? I mean... Because when you read that out of the King James, it's just like a mystery, you know. It's just like your tongue gets tangled. But in the Message Bible, that makes it so clear of what he's talking about here. So, take that with you. Let it minister to you in your situation. Because there are things that God's dealing with you with. There are things that he deals with me with. And it seems like... I. I mean, I got to get up and go, and all of a sudden, you know, something happens. Something takes charge. So I can just see our lives changing, girls, because we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us as an individual what it is I need to change, what it is I need to do to have that life and life more abundantly, and to like ourselves. I want to like me. I love me. But there's a difference in liking me and loving me. And when I say I want to like me, I want to like what I do. I want to, you know, I love me because the love of God's in me. But sometimes I don't like my failures. Sometimes I don't like, you know, maybe what we say or what we do or how we act or, and all of this. I want to like me. And you want to like yourself. And I don't like it when I am displeased with me. In fact, I've told God, just like Paul says here, you know, I've told him, Father, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiveness. I'm going to do better, Father. And then all of a sudden, something else takes charge. So we're going to make some changes. And one thing that 
the Lord spoke to me when I wrote out my vision. He says, don't get under pressure of your vision. And when Susan was teaching several weeks ago, she said, it's, take one step at a time. And that went off in me. And, and when I get to it here in just a minute, I'm going to show you how the Lord led me in those things that I was receiving when she was teaching. I mean, I went home. I praise God for the Holy Spirit who's our teacher, who's our revealer of truth. But that went off. It was not just words that she was saying. It was a message to me. And when we come before the Word of God, it needs to be a message to me, to you as an individual. Don't think of somebody else that needs it. You need it. I needed this. And I have gotten so excited. I get up. Well, I'll get to this other stuff here in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I get up and I try. I go over all these things that I've written down. And it takes me two hours. Normally, it's from four to six in the morning that I, I spend going over all of this. And, and you know, it always leads to some more rabbit trails. Then you got to go and look all of that up. But God, Holy Spirit's our teacher. And he's going to teach you, and he's going to teach me, and he's the revealer of truth. Well, you know, sometimes he needs to reveal the truth to me of, of maybe what I'm not doing right, of the instructions, because the word of God is for instructions, and it's for correction. And that the Holy Spirit will reveal that to us with no condemnation, but things that we need to... To adjust in our own life, to bring, to bring change to our own life, okay? So, let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now, today, this minute while you're sitting here, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And the thing of it is, if our soul is not renewed to the word of God, we have got to walk out of our spirit. And that's where we need to live our life. We need to live our life out of here, where the Holy Spirit dwells. And he will tell us, and he will um, instruct us, but with no condemnation. We're learning. We're growing. Amen. So there is therefore now no condemnation. I looked up condemnation in the Webster's, and it means to disapprove of strongly, to declare guilty of wrongdoing. I'm free from that. I'm free from wrongdoing. There is no, isn't that wonderful? That should set you free. If you know, if you've done something wrong, said something wrong, acted wrong, whatever, he says, you're free from that guilt. Now that's pretty powerful. Because guilt will put you in a prison. It'll put your mind in a prison. Okay? And just remember that yesterday includes today. This morning. Don't live in that if, it's, if you've made some mistakes today. Your yesterdays are behind you. Okay, so. There is therefore... I'm telling you, girls, you're free from condemnation. I don't care what you've said, what you've done. If it's been today or if it's been yesterday or if it's been 10 years ago, you're free from it. And you need to accept that. 
Because if you will accept your freedom <clears throat> from condemnation, you'd be surprised at what that'll do for this up here. You see, condemnation will rob you of your joy. And the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. So don't allow condemnation. If it's condemnation, it's from Satan. It's from Satan. So just know that, that he says that you are free from condemnation. Okay? Now then, um, let's look at Joshua 1.8. Tom's favorite, some of his favorite scriptures. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. I should have had these marked where I could just turn right to them, but it'll give you time to find them too. Now we all know, can say and quote this scripture, but knowing something is different to where it's a revelation to you. So let's look at that. This book of the law, talking about the word, shall not. Now that word shall is very strong. It shall not. Depart out of thy mouth. What he's saying is, do not quit speaking the word of God. Regardless of what's going on in your life or someone else's life that you need to be speaking the word over. Well, now that's for somebody. The Holy Spirit said that's for somebody. Don't quit speaking the word over somebody that's on your heart. Because God watches over his word to perform it. And if we start saying the negative... And the way things is for right now, it's going to remain that way. The word is what changes. Amen? So he's saying, don't quit speaking the word of God. But thou shalt meditate on the word therein day and night. Why? Why does he want you to meditate on what we're teaching today? So it will enable you to do it. But thou shalt meditate in this word day and night, that thou mayest observe to do it according to all that is written therein. As I was saying, we will not be a doer if we do not meditate what we're teaching. If you do not meditate on what this word says. Amen. And also, you know, when God corrects us and gives us instructions, we need to think about that. You need to meditate on the instructions that God's giving you. Amen. So that we will do it, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you're going to have results. If we meditate the word, if we continue to speak it, and don't quit speaking it. Don't start calling things as though they, you see them. Amen. But according to what the word says. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now that's a promise of God. Amen? I'm going to meditate this word. I'm going to do to the best of my ability as the Holy Spirit directs me. Okay, then he goes on and he says something here I want to cover. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. You know, that should minister to us. He says for us to be strong. Strong in the Lord, strong in the word. And be of good courage. And that could you can take that and apply it to your life ever how the Holy Spirit tells you to. Amen. And then he says, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. And the word I wanted to go to here was dismayed. 
That word dismayed means broken down by discouragement. Broken down by discouragement. There is no place for discouragement in our life. But he says, don't get discouraged. You know, we've got to give the word time to work. What you've been saying over your situation, over yourself, over people, don't get discouraged. Don't get dismayed about it. Give the word time to work. The Holy Spirit sometimes, if, if I was speaking the word over you over certain situations and I haven't seen the manifestation, I have to continue to say what that word says. And, and you can't, I can't afford to get discouraged because I know that the word is working. How do I know the word's working? Because God said he will watch over his word to perform it. And it depends on how long it takes you to receive what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you. He takes the words that I pray over you and your new adventure, you and your little husband in life. Don't get dismayed. Don't get discouraged. Get excited. Look and see the end result. And it's going to be great. Praise God. She knows what I'm talking about. So don't get dismayed. Don't get discouraged. We live in a society where there's so many people that are discouraged. They're in fear of the tomorrows. And he said not to fear. We're not to fear. That's a command. Amen. Okay. We're not going to be broken down by discouragement. We're going to be talking about our vision here in a minute. Don't lose sight of your vision. And you're going to be writing that down. You're going to be writing down this week your vision. Amen. So, the point to ponder. Have y'all noticed I've been putting a point to ponder on Facebook? I am loving that. That was The Holy Spirit told me to start that. And I'm getting a lot of response from it. But the point to ponder this for this week, for you to ponder all week, is I should love what I hear myself saying. I should love what I hear myself saying. Listen to yourself and see where you are headed. That's okay. My words are out in front of me charting my course. That's good, isn't it? So I want you to think about that. And this was a quote from Susan. And this is where I got my title. She says, tomorrow is coming. Remember her saying that? Probably not. Not unless you wrote it down. Tomorrow is coming. What's the plan? And that's what I titled today is what's your plan? So I'm going to go now over to how I've been charting my course in this. You're probably going to get out early today, but that's okay. We may have discussion at the end. So I started charting my, my, my course, and she taught about taking one step. Well, okay, what am I going to do with that? So you've got to think about these things. What am I going to do about taking one step? So here's what the Holy Spirit ministered to me. Okay, and this is something I wrote down. I will read my vision 
every day. So I will do it. And we know that came out of the scripture I just read. So I need to be a doer of charting my course, which we read out of that particular scripture. So here was my first step. I said, okay, Lord. I got before him. I said, what is my first step? Now, the vision that I have is, let me read that. It's to minister to women. And when Tom left me, I hope he's listening. <laughs> when he left me, Lynn, we got our Toms. We got some things, we, you know. But God spoke to me very plainly. When I say God spoke to me, he put thoughts in my heart. I've always had a heart for women. Always. But this is what he, this is my vision. To minister to women. And he specifically said this. To let my home be a filling station for women. Some of you remember me telling you that. Well, okay, if that is my vision, then what's my first step? Now, your vision, you need to write down. What is the vision that God has for your life? You see, when, when your husband leaves June and you're all alone, life changes. Your vision may change of what he wants you to do and what you to want to become. Things change. Well, that's what he spoke to me. I don't know what he spoke to you ladies. But he's speaking to you about a vision for your life. Uh, so the first step that he told me to do is to write my vision down and listen to what my next step would be. So, you know, that's Habakkuk where it talks about writing your vision down. Um, most of you can, let me, let me go there. In Habakkuk chapter 2, let's look at verse 1. I'll give you just a moment to get there because this was my first step. Now, you might can use these same steps, but you get before God and you say, what is my first step? Whatever your vision is. You know, I don't know what it is. You do. But write it down. Okay. Verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me up on the tower. And will watch to see what he will say unto me. That's very important. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Boy, that's, that scripture is packed right there. And the Lord answered me, and he said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it, your vision shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, here's your instructions, Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. 
I'm telling you, those first three verses are so packed. You need to take this scripture and you need to read it and reread it. And you need to say, you know, okay, what are you telling me? Right? My confession is, of course, I told you that what my vision was. It was to, um, for my home to become a filling station for the. Well, I've been doing that. <clears throat> now, I started this actually last summer about having ladies out. I had 40-something out at my house one night for, at the swimming pool. Well, they didn't all want to go swimming. But I set up tables, and they just visited all around the pool. Fellowship. Fellowship is so important. A lot of you were there for that. And so I started that. And then, of course, we know what all happened. And so there was kind of a stop put to some of that, um, some restrictions. So we didn't get to do it as much as I wanted to. So my confession is Isaiah 50, verse 40, I mean, 4 and 5. And y'all know this is just, I say this all the time, but I'm telling you, it's one of the most important scriptures. I quote this. Basically, if I miss a day, it's very unusual about confessing this. Verse uh, 50. Did I say 40? I meant 50, verse 4 and 5. Y'all know where I'm going. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. Pause and think about that. The Lord God hath. It's already done. Opened mine ear. And I was not rebellious. Neither turned away back. So those have been very important scriptures to me. In dealing with people. You know, he prepares me to hear his instructions. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season. And he will give you instructions, praise God. So to, in order to minister to women, my confession is I have the tongue of the learned and I know how to speak a word in season to him or to her who is weary he wakes my ear morning by morning to hear what the Spirit has to say. Amen. And I quote that basic almost every day. If I don't quote it every day, I, I don't miss very many days because you never know where you're going to find yourself. It can be in Walmart. I mean, it could be at the grocery store. It could be anywhere you find yourself. You need to have the tongue of the learned and, and know how to speak a word in season. Not what comes from up here, but what God has put in here. You need to know. But confess that over yourself because I have the tongue of the Lord. I know I do. I do not doubt that. The reason I don't doubt that is because I have quoted this so many years. That if you, whoever calls me and needs to talk to me about something, I don't have to think about what I'm going to say. When I come to them, it just comes out. It's in there because I have the tongue of the learned. And he wakes my ear morning by morning to hear what the Spirit... Isn't that a good confession to be making? Because I'm telling you, 
There's hurting people outside these walls. There's hurting people in these walls. There's hurting people in the church. And it's so important that we know what to say. You know what? One of the people don't know what to say if they don't know this scripture. But you know, well, I know just how you feel. Oh, yeah? Really? You don't know how I feel. That's not true. Unless you've walked in my shoes. But I have the tongue of the learned. I may not know how you feel, but I do have the tongue of the learned. And I know what you need to hear. One of the things is going to be, you know what? I love you so much and mean it. But make this confession so you will be prepared for when you go outside this building today. Prepare yourself for Wally World. <laughs> If you go there, prepare yourself when you go to eat lunch. Be confident. See, this gives you confidence. I know exactly what to say. If some, if, you know, I know exactly what to say to that waitress. I'm telling you, they need for you to be nice to them. They may not be nice to you. They don't matter. You have the tongue of the learned and you know exactly what to say. This is so important, girls. I want you to get a hold of this particular scripture. That I have the tongue of the learned. And you know, when, before you even get up in the morning, lay there in bed and say this. Prepare yourself for the day. Okay? Uh, thank you for waking my ear to what a filling station does. That's what I wrote down. Thank you for waking my ear to what a filling station does. And I asked myself, okay, what's the purpose? Okay, that was step one, was to write the vision down. Step two for me, now your steps will probably be different. I received my next step, and that was today, now. And I wrote down the day I did this. Some of you were recipients of this. There were seven of you that were. I received my next step, and that was to now, today, call and invite certain ladies to my home for fun and fellowship. I did this in January. On February the 3rd, we will be fulfilling this second step. I wrote it down, that step. In January, latter part of January. And so I called these ladies. And I fulfilled that. I set a date on February the 3rd to do that. That was my second step. We did it, and did we ever have fun? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We played a game. Y'all ever played blind slate? Pardon? What was it called? Blank slate. Blank slate. Your mind's never blank. It was really funny. This was older women. And it was amazing. And everybody went away healthy because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Well, that was my second, that was my first one that he had me to do this with when I got a hold of this. So. He also told me, don't get under the care of the vision. 
And what he was saying to me, you might not, you don't like if it wasn't going to work out for February the 3rd. Don't get under the care of that. Reschedule it. So whatever your steps are don't, uh, for your vision, don't get under the care of it. Be free to listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Amen? So here was what I, I talked to the Lord about. What do they need? Before these ladies came, I asked myself. Now, see, this is my vision for my home to be a filling station. So yours is going to be totally different. What do they need? And then I, you know, this is some of my four and 30 or so meditation. Always keep a pen and paper close. Okay. Why do people, <laughs> I think different. Why do people go to a filling station? Why do you go to a gas station? That, that makes you want to stop and think, doesn't it? Well, my house is a filling station, so I, that's where the Holy Spirit was talking to me. Why do they go to a filling station? If I take my car to the filling stations, it's because it needs gas. It needs get up and go. Amen. It, I wrote this down like at 4.30 one morning. Let me see how I said it. They can, they can get, so they can get to where they need to go. To give that car so it can go further than it would without it. So that car, I put gas in it so that it can go further than it could without it. Now, do you see how to apply that to your life? We need to be so filled that we can go further than what we thought we could. That we can do more than what we thought we could because you're getting full of the word of God which gives you the ability that's your gas the word is your gas it'll fill you up and you'll find yourself doing things that you didn't think you could do and the thing to me is God said he would place desires in us what are the desires that God is placing in you Write them down. I tell you, I write. I've got so many notebooks. It's just unreal. It's so important to write things and to go back and, and reread them. So let's get full of the Word of God so that we can go and do more than we thought we could. Amen. Now then, um, purposefully, we need to purposefully do whatever, you know, write the vision down purposely. What is it? What is it? What is it? I need to purposefully start living my life out of my spirit. And not out of this. Your spirit will not lead you wrong. And the Holy Spirit will give you those thoughts. Don't ignore them. You know, write those thoughts down when they come to you. And then see if that's something that... That the Holy Spirit or God wants you to get involved in. So, <clears throat> Brenda, charting my course concerning my body. This is one of my other courses that I've been charting. Charting my course concerning my body and its health 
and energy. Now, Brenda's teaching a course on Thursday nights that has to deal with this. And, you know, she gives us lots of scriptures, and then she gave us a little thing to fill out and all of that. Well, I had already started this. Charting my course. Okay, God. So, for my body and its health and its energy, what's my first step? Now, all of you can write that down. What is your first step to improve your health, to get more energy? What is your first step? Now, I can't tell you what your first step is. But the Holy Spirit can. But you have to listen. You have to get in a place. Remember that Habakkuk where you, you listen and get instructions from what he's telling you? So do that. Your, what is your step one? Get your health body to get your energy. And this is what, turn to Psalms, one, is it 100 or, one, 100 or 103? 103, isn't it? Or 100, I'll get there. 103. So what is my first step, Lord? He said, step one for me, began by entering his gates by verbally giving thanks and giving praise. So that Psalms 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now the verse... Um, Let me go ahead. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, you know, I'll be 83 here in May. But you know my youth? can be renewed as the eagles. My strength can be renewed. It's being that. It's, it's happening, praise God. Amen. So you could just go on and on, but the word says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So I begin my day concerning my body. Remember, I'm charting my course, not yours. By entering his gates, by verbally giving thanks. And then after I do this, I will enter into his courts where his presence is with praise. But I'm telling you what, I get so caught up in giving him thanks. Sometimes it takes me a long, long time to get past the gates to where into the courts. I mean, I thank him for, I mean, I just thank him for everything. I mean, I can look out the window and start thanking him for the grass. I can thank him for the horses. I can thank him for my kids that live across the road. I can thank him for life. I can thank him for y'all. I can thank him for the church. I mean, I just go, I thank you, Father. I've got four closets full of clothes, and I'm giving them away. I'm fixing to empty some closets. I've got too many. But I give him thanks for everything. And if, I'm telling you, when you start giving thanks, 
It's not going to be long though. you're praising God. And he's going to inhabit those praises. He's going to be actively involved in your praises. So that was my step one. Was to begin by entering his gates. By voicing those thanksgivings. That thanksgiving. Oh man, I, I have so much to be thankful for. Praise God. And the second thing was he said, present my body during this time of praise as a living sacrifice and listen to his instructions. Now, some of this y'all can use. I mean, it could be for your, what your vision is for your body. Praise. I did this on January the 27th. That's when I presented my body during that, my time of praise and worship. I took my body and said, here it is. God, here's my body. I present it to you. And I do this during the time of praise. And then I listen. What are you telling me? See, that's so important. As a living sacrifice. And I listened to his instructions. He gave me instructions. You ain't going to like some of it, but it's his instructions to me. And Rhonda, you'll understand when I received that candy this morning from your son. He didn't say I have to eliminate all sweets. But I don't need to let them, not every day. You know what I'm saying? Don't let them control me. But her son, Stephen, who is adorable, Rhonda's husband passed away. Has it been a year yet? The 13th will be a year. And her son, Stephen, is just adorable. He baptized Stephen? Oh, my goodness. And Christy, her daughter. Well, she's been in Texas since the 1st of December. She fell and broke some ribs at her son's house. And he's so glad she came home this week. I, I say that for fun. <laughs> She's been there for a long time. Anyway, but he sent me some of this really nice candy, which I will eat one piece when I, when I decide to. But I'm not going to sit down and eat that whole bag. But it'll be a special treat for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so this is, he said, present my body during this time. And then he said, my next step is, that's where I was going, to eliminate most to eliminate most dainties. I see expressions on his face. He doesn't say you have to do totally without. I mean, that wasn't my instructions. Yours may be. But I need to start eliminating some of those dainties from my daily eating. And then here was my instructions. To commit to his instructions. Oh. That's a good one right that one down. Commit to his instructions. Then. See this is what he speaks to me when I am. After I've entered into his presence. Okay. Because this was instructions he gave me. Then I. When I am tempted to be weak, 
His voice is strong within me. Praise the Lord. His voice is strong within me. His voice is stronger than the temptation. And you know what else he told me? Y'all want to know? He said, find a replacement. I thought, fruit? you got to be kidding me. My words did not come out, but I wanted to say, you know I don't like fruit. But he said, find a replacement. And you know what? When he told me to find a replacement, then that's going to satisfy. That was my instructions. Amen? So he said, find a replacement. To be committed will keep me strong when I face temptation. Definition of commitment is a pledge or a promise. And you know, there is therefore now no condemnation. When we fail the instructions one day, you know, there's therefore now no condemnation. His voice will say, take back up where you left off. There is no condemnation. Do better the next day. Now that was my instructions for my body and for my health and energy when you get to be my age, energy is important. <clears throat> it's important at your age, too. <laughs> but energy is important. Because do you, do you ladies look around your house and see things you need to get done? Why don't we do them? Is it because we need energy? <laughs> you know, why don't we do those things? We would be so much happier if we'd do them. Don't you love ladies' Bible study? Uh, this will probably be on tape, I'm sure. Every time I go to the bathroom, I sit there and I look at my baseboard in that part of the bathroom and I think, I've thought this for a year. I need to paint, repaint those baseboards. I mean, every day I see that. They're still not done, but I'm going to do them. There is therefore now no condemnation for not getting them done today, you know. But what I've started doing is making me some goals. And what do they call it, your bucket list? And start checking those off. And, okay, today this is my goal. The next day, today is my goal. Because if we don't set those goals, we're not going to do them. Don't y'all just love ladies' Bible study? We need to teach the men some of this stuff, don't we? <laughs> well, God is so good, but the important thing is to listen to his instructions concerning you, concerning your life. Now, let's look at Psalms 37 and verse 5. I have no idea how long I've been, but I'm winding down. 37. He says, trust in the Lord. Am I in the right one? No. Verse 5. Commit. We were talking about being committed. Okay. Commit thy way unto the Lord. <clears throat> trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. He's taking the pressure off. 
if we will just commit to the instructions that he gives us, he says it'll come to pass. But it takes commitment. He says, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. But that word commit is so important. Now let's look at Proverbs 16 and verse 3. Sixteen, verse three. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit. We've got to be committed. Praise God. And remember, commitment meant a pledge or a promise. You can make that to yourself, which is good. Or you can make it to God. But remember, if you fail, there is therefore now no condemnation. That's so important that when we do miss it, you know, there's no condemnation. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And that's so important because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We're going to do, act, and say according to what our thoughts are. So we need our thoughts to be established in the Word of God. Now then, in closing, I've gone to step three. And I have written this down, what my next step is to be in charting my course. Remember what my vision was? It was for my house to be a filling station for women. So my next one, which I will be contacting as soon as I, we have some uh, appointments coming up this month that I've got to check out that may in, involve court dates and stuff like that. But this is my next step for, for the filling station, to have the widows to my house. So that, that's my next one. And some of y'all are widows. It's in here. You know, we have several widows. But that's my next step. So, as I went before the Lord, I said, well, you're going to have to give me the date. I know it'll open up. And then I asked him, what will it involve? We got a different group of people. Then I asked him, what do they need? So I haven't written that down yet because I haven't spent my time yet to listen to see the instructions of what they need. But it'll probably be totally different, you know? It depends on who you have. So what I'm, what I'm saying today is I want to encourage you to get a hold of this charting your course. What is it that God's been speaking to you about? I know he is. I know he's talking to you. Listen to him. Ask him, Lord, what is it in my life? What do I need to chart? You know, what are my goals? And just stay before him and listen to him because he's going to give you instructions. Yours may not be for your house to become a, a filling station for women, but mine is. And I'm excited about it. I really am. So you, you get before the Lord 
I'm telling you, one step at a time. So I hope I gave you some of the way the Lord has instructed me that maybe you can apply to what God is instructing you to do. But he's instructing you. We've got a ministry to do with people. And I want us all to be available to fill out, to fulfill what God's telling us to do. Amen.